everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla. Thanks for tuning in to our show today. We're enjoying a nice, warm, somewhat smoky outdoors in Nevada and the Northwest. It's a beautiful time to be out and about. There's so much to see. A lot of fun. But people, are they buying homes? Well, they are buying homes when they can find a home to buy. Are they selling homes? Absolutely, because life changes and there's lots of reasons why people sell homes regardless of the time of the year. You sell a home when you need to sell it. Today we're going to be talking about home ownership and home sales in northern Nevada. Plus we're going to be talking with our beekeeping expert, the queen bee of Mason Valley is going to be joining us, Debbie Gilmore from Mason Valley Beekeepers later on the show. Also today, Dan Ryder from Nevada Home Connections. Dan and I are going to be talking about a lot of things when it comes to real estate in northern Nevada and in America. We're going to talk about how real estate impacts the elderly community, senior citizens like me, right? Why would we need a realtor at our age when we're beyond that, you know, big buying cluster of demographic that buys homes? We're going to talk about that. Plus, we'll look at the latest stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. That and more after this. International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning in, having fun here with our in-studio guests. Before we get started, I want to tell you about something that I find so exciting, and it's this, SunTech Solar Screening. I have SunTech Solar Screening on my house, and my home has been so cool since I put up these fantastic screens. They block up to 90% of the sun coming in into our windows that face the south, and now we can use our great big living room. It is, it is awesome to be in there. We put them on one side of the house because we like clear windows on the other side. These things help save our energy bills, uh, reduce them dramatically because the air conditioner doesn't run so much. And even though they won't tell you at SunTech Solar Screens, I think they keep my house warmer in the winter. So I leave them up all year long. Want to find out more? Visit solarscreensofreno.com and tell them Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, I'm pleased to have two guests talking about my favorite subjects, real estate and honeybees. <laughs> I have with me Debbie Gilmore from the Mason Valley Beekeepers. Welcome back to our show, Debbie. Thanks for having me, Peter. Debbie is the president of the organization, and uh, she is to me, the top expert I know in Northern Nevada about beekeeping because she's also in the beekeeping business. Debbie, your company has been around for a while. Yes. Um, well, as far as my family goes, it's been 100 years. 100 years. In the Mason Valley area. Wow. With bees. So. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. Mason Valley was totally different then, and all of Northern Nevada was totally, totally different. different. Not a lot of people. How did, how did beekeeping come to Mason Valley? Um, there were beekeepers there when my great-grandfather moved in there, and he started working with the beekeeper, and then he started to build up his business from there. Mm -hmm. So um, mm. I'm not sure who the first one was that um, brought beekeeping to Mason Valley. But, he um, was one of the first, if any. He was one of the first ones 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. anyway. And the name of the company is Hall's Honey. Hall's Honey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love your honey. Mm -hmm. I Thank mean, you. I have sampled it, and... Uh, it is, is really premium stuff. Thank you. And, you know, it seems like it's easy to get honey from a beehive, but, um, well, we're going to talk <laughs> about some of these. It doesn't seem easy at all. Oh, it does to me. It does. You just open it up you and the honey comes out. You've on your hive. Yeah. It's not even that easy. So honey. how about a flow hive? Is that easy? That's, yeah. It is not easy. How's that going? There is no easy. <laughs> there is no he There's easy. There's no easy I'm thinking about going out in the woods and looking for a wild beehive and then just using that there instead. I mean, yes. it is amazing. Go smoke it every now and again. <laughs> it is great. But beekeeping is an important part of agriculture and industry. And we've all heard in the news that um, beekeeping is important because, you know, bees are challenged in North America and all around the world. Uh, and they're so important to our uh, our agriculture. Dan Ryder is with us, and Dan is with Nevada Home Connections. And Dan, I'll let people know, Dan is the person that really helped me get started with beekeeping. I had a chance to visit his operation at his backyard and see what he does, and he gave me some great guidance and helped me get started with a, a small setup. And it really made all the difference to know that there's somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. And Dan, how long have you been a beekeeper? Um, I about that. I guess 
seven years now, six mm -hmm. years yeah. in that zone. Yeah. And so with the challenges that I've had and what we talked about with beekeeping, what do you love about beekeeping yourself? I mean, I know you love it, so what is it? Well, you know, I, I was, uh, frankly, I was going through some health problems, and part of that was stress-related, and I find really beekeeping is very therapeutic. I mean, you have to be uh, just completely centered mm -hmm. uh, to be, I, I, well, it's the same thing with horses, you know, the same way, if you, if you huh. go into that, you know, nervous and uptight, and you're going to have uh, a bad day. So it's, I guess it's, I would consider beekeeping therapeutic. Yeah. When, in addition to being a kind of a fun hobby. Yeah. And, and really doing great things for the environment. So. When, um, when you're around horses, I know, they can sense the people. Yeah, exactly. They can kind of tell what you're about, and they're checking you out. You can see them checking you out. The bees are so small. They're still checking you out. They're still checking They're you out, aren't they? You. They are really checking you out. That's what I find so fascinating is that bees have this incredible lifestyle, this incredible social system that is put together, then it absolutely works. And yet they have their own flexibilities and adaptations that they can make when they need to. Um, it's really more than a hobby for many people. Debbie, you have an expert that comes every year to your a big event that we are going to talk about later on the show, but he's from the University of Maryland. Tell us a little bit about him. That's correct. His name is, um, he just recently received his doctorate degree, so he is now Dr. Samuel Ramsey. Mm -hmm. um, he is <coughs> becoming very well known all across the world, and he's doing a lot of research on varora mites and a new mite that is going on the same path as the varora did to get to the United States. So. Mm -hmm. His recent research is on that mite and how we can stop it before it gets to the United States because it can be more devastating than the varora mite that we currently have. Absolutely. He's, he's such a brilliant young man, and I've he met is. him on a couple of occasions at your uh, functions, and it was such a charming thing to to know that there are young people in, in the world that really care about something so important because it's going to take the younger generation to continue the effort to provide a good habitat and understand why the bees are mm -hmm. somewhat in peril mm -hmm. around the world. Nobody really knows for sure, but I'm sure it's a multiple number of things that make that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's a high energy, very talented, um, articulate young man, mm. and we're really pleased that he's coming back to join us again in February. Yeah, yeah Dan Ryder is with us from Nevada Home Connections. Dan, I'm not sure that you know who Samuel Ramsey is. But I want you. Yeah, he uh, he's really a, you know like all beekeepers, one of the nicest persons I know in the world. Beekeepers, there's just something about a personality. You don't meet a lot of edgy beekeepers. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> well, and and you don't. and they you know beekeepers understand what relaxation is and what fun is and calmness is and and you get joy from seeing things grow and and by giving things away. And let me guarantee you, every beekeeper I know gives stuff away. Yeah. They're always givers. They're giving knowledge. They're giving honey. They're giving advice. They're giving guidance. They're giving support, education, whatever it is, but always happy to give. And whatever comes in their direction, it's okay. But uh, when you're a giver, I know that great things come to you in the world, and that's why beekeepers, I believe, are so happy. I have a mentor in town, Dan Bailey. He, uh, he helped me this year and actually uh, gave me a queen, maybe two. But he made me promise that I would, I would create at least two new hives. Mm -hmm. To, to, uh, basically, out of the queen cells, I was pulling out of these, mm -hmm. and then I did, and then gave them to uh, a neighbor who's a, also a novice beekeeper. Super excited, but it was really mm -hmm. nice to just kind of create that. Yeah. Event. What's really oh, look more bees? Yeah. What's really neat about I, I love about beekeepers is when we go to beekeeping functions or meetings. I know everybody there is interested in bees, right? So we're all there for a good common cause. Then you find out about what they also do besides beekeeping. Yeah. And that is every bit as interested because right. you think, how can a beekeeper be a physician or a beekeeper be a, a policeman or, in the case of Samuel Ramsey, an outstanding entertainer. He's a singer, and he's got a voice that absolutely booms. I guarantee, I, I am telling you, when I heard him, I thought it was Michael Jackson. He's got <laughs> that real high-pitched strong but yet strong voice it was really amazing debbie he put on a great show at he our last was event. amazing yes and i'm hoping he puts on another show for us this coming February. i know he's going to do this and uh and because i can tell that he loves it and i can tell that his mother loves it yes because <laughs> dan has brought his mother with him from from maryland to join him because he's just a young single man and it was so nice to see 
uh, somebody, again, taking care of the, let's say, they're elderly people. And he brings his elderly mother, and he did it, yes, because she's nice and she grew, raised him, and this is his way to say thank you to take her places. But let me tell you what I learned. He brought her along because he needed her. There's value in older people and adults. And when we come back from this commercial break, I want to talk about the value of people that are over 50 and the importance that they contribute to all elements of life. Real estate, not just the only one. We'll be back after this. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're right here on 1180 AM Radio, one of the Lotus broadcast stations here in northern Nevada, and we're glad to be in our 13th year of weekly shows helping people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. But we also help people make great decisions when they're living in their home. You know, when you buy a home, you've got pride of ownership, but you've also got maintenance, and you've got to take care of that home to preserve its value and help it appreciate in many cases, right? You want your home to be worth at least as much as you paid for it, but in a growing economy like we have in northern Nevada and all across America, your home should be gaining in value. And that means you've got to take care of it. I recommend you keep those carpets in tip-top shape by calling CJ's Recommended Carpet Care. Jack Whiteley, he's the best. They call him Extraction Jackson, and they call him that because guess what he does? A lot of extraction. You'll be amazed how he gets those pet stains and pet odors out of your carpets. You have questions? You want to get a schedule? Call CJ's Recommended Carpet Care, 829-1551. And tell him that Peter sent you. With me in the studio, I have Debbie Gilmore from the Mason Valley Beekeepers and Dan Ryder from Nevada Home Connections. Dan, I saw your eyes light up when I was talking about Jack and these carpets. You need your carpets cleaned? No. Okay. Jack, <laughs> no, sorry. I tried. No, Jack's done work for him. He's a good man. He did a, fa a miracle on some tile recently. But yeah. I did mention that this, this is the time of year you probably should have your carpets cleaned. And people tend to wait for the holidays. Uh-huh. And, and it's you're just going to get a better job. Things dry out better than when it's a little warmer outside. So get it done now. Yeah, this is Don't a good time now. to get it. Well, I bet during, as you approach the holidays, and I'm, I, I've, Jack has told me this before, you know, there's so many people that need their carpets clean ahead of the company coming. Sometimes it's tough to get it scheduled. Yeah. Always better to get it done early. Make sure it's done to your satisfaction. And, uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Dan Ryder, uh, when I was talking about Samuel coming to the event this year, Samuel Ramsey to not only talk to us about the entomology world, the bee world, beekeeping, honey. I mentioned that his mother comes with him. He really brings her, uh, well, she's, she's just a fantastic person. She's so nice and quiet when you first see her. And next thing you know, you know, she's the one that's running the show. I couldn't believe how smart this woman was. When you're interacting with seniors, and I know you work with people of all ages, but let's talk about people that are 50 years and older. Uh, does that intelligence come out? Are seniors really as smart as I'm thinking they are? Well, that's a crazy segue. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. A, well, it's interesting. I, I certainly am I'm of an age. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It, You're yeah, over 50? I'm, I'm I am over so, 50. I, no wonder well, it was a crazy but it, but segue. Frankly, I'm, a big part of my career at this point is uh, helping longtime clients, frankly, people generally my age, plus mm -hmm. or minus five to ten years, mm -hmm. and dealing with el their elderly parents. And yeah. It's... Uh, you know, it's really been a unique chapter in my career. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going on a lot of appointments where I feel like more of a, of a family counselor mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. a real estate broker. Mm. <laughs> that is to say, a typical scenario might be, you know, I have my client call me and say, you got to go talk to my mom. She needs to sell the house. And I go meet mom and she doesn't want to. So, but uh, <laughs> you know, she's, pause there for a minute. Pause <laughs> yeah, for a mom, minute. She's like, you know. The, what uh, about the dog? How about how old is the? Well, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is a generality, and I'm sure there's somebody who's gonna say he's talking about me right yeah. now. But I would say, you know, if I were to, I say my client is, it's uh, he. They're in their mid fifties. Okay. Uh, their parents are in their mid seventies to early eighties. Yeah. Um, you know, concurrent theme. They're uh, quite often just one parent. Uh, quite often they've been in the home for quite some time, a lot of deferred maintenance, things like this. And, 
and, and I think the kids, my clients, you know, they just want to get it over with. Let's let's get her out of there, and, and so they're not worried. But you know, at the end of the day, I find that the best solution is, uh, you know, hire a gardener, put some rails up in the tub, get some uh, emergency alert system in the house so she can push a button if she falls down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've numerous homeowners. I think I've just went in and, and been the voice of reason. And you know, extended their stay a little bit, and the kids, of course, are seeing a hot market. <laughs> They're going, let's get this thing sold right now. But uh, I, I try to be a little more delicate than that. It, it's funny. I I I opened this little part by talking about the elderly over fifty, and I'm now realized that they're not the elderly; they're the kids. You know, the, the people in their fifties are still dealing with their parents. Yeah, they're and they almost and always call the shots. Yeah, and so people in the fifties, sixties, many of us. I'm in my sixties, and I was interacting with a parent just recently. Um, it is a new part of our life that now we really have to take care of somebody else. Or, yeah, no or, kidding. And our, that's training what our program job. for that. I, you know, when you have kids, right? There's all kinds of you know. You go out and do webinars, right? To, you know, take classes, but uh-huh. what, what, how? Who, who trains us? To help our aging parents, right? As those roles reverse from who, who's being taken care of and, and who's being cared for, and, and who's doing the caring, I guess. You well, know? One thing I learned with my elderly parents is that they become vulnerable when they reach a certain age, and they they continue to be more vulnerable until they pass because they start losing control of and not only their uh, mental capacities, their physical capacities, and you never know which is going to go first or to what extreme, but. They need help, and unfortunately, they can become prey to uh, to people that uh, have bad intentions, right? Sure. Scammers, if you will, sure. on the internet, mail, telephone calls to scare them out of money, and people that instill fear in the elderly. And it's just darn, it's wrong. And I think those of us that are in our 50s and 60s that we have elderly families or elderly friends and families, I mean, we, we owe it back to society to take care of these people. And many times, the help comes in the sense of their real estate. I mean, let's face it, many of them are living in homes that they can't live in anymore. They're too big, the homes. Or maybe it's yeah, a two-story and they need a, a one-story. It's always a super delicate situation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think, um, well, the key to that type of transaction is to really come into it as an advisor and uh, kind of a project manager mm-hmm. as opposed to a you know, marketing Salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, you've got to be good at sales too and marketing. But no, I, I just approach that, uh, you know, one step at a time and uh, go into it with a feeling of, you know, how can I help them and yeah. best advise them. And, and, you know, by golly, every now and then I end up listening to house too. But, yeah. you know, the key focus is, you know, helping them build a plan, something that can, uh, you know, sustain, mm-hmm. be short or long term. Yeah, a lot of pressure from salespeople, uh, you know, to make take action to do things right now. And a, a real estate transaction is not something you rush into. I would into. say fully half those appointments that I go on, I end up convincing the family to leave mom or dad in place, mm-hmm. at least for the time being. Yeah. You know, because, 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 not the least of which, a lot of these folks are living in, you know, fairly large homes. Sometimes it's the homes, you know, my client, the 50-year-old kid grew up in. And... Uh, I was like, gosh, he's rattling around this big, you know, where do you move to? Mm-hmm. In Reno. You know, you sell that home at $200 a square foot and, and go buy something at 300 or, mm-hmm. you know, in town and more convenient. So it's, there are some real challenges for those folks in the market. That's what I see different in your world, Dan, in the real estate world. It's, it's a sales world like so many products and services, but there's such a big impact in the world of real estate. You, if you're going to do it and feel good about what you're doing, the transaction has to be done, it has to be right. right? The, the pieces all have to fit. I mean, you could sell any one of those houses if you're a great salesman, you convince somebody to give you the keys. But the fact is, it's not right. Sometimes you have to say, the it's sale not the right is, thing is not the right thing to I do. I just had a scenario where mm-hmm. the people were feeling like they were an elderly couple and they'd sold their home and, and they decided they wanted to maintain Nevada residency. Their accountant scared them mm. at the last minute. Mm. So a week before closing, she calls me and says, well, yeah, what I want to do is, is, is buy a condo downtown and, and negotiate. It needs to be empty because I'm going to move my furniture in there and, you know, and that's what I want to do. I'm coming up Monday to find my condo and I, uh, I called her daughter and narked her out. I said, Chris, your mom's losing it. You got to get up here. And sure enough, we, we developed a little bit uh, different plan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, the sales guy in me is like, yes, you know, let's go buy this condo. But it truly would not have been in their best interest. 
uh, no, and that's great that you operate that way, Dan. That's why I like to interact with you, talk with you about the real estate world because uh, it is about doing the right thing. Nevada Home Connections is the company that you're working for here in northern Nevada. You're the broker there. What am I, I saying? You're the guy. The you're the only company, I have partners, right? of course. Yeah. But yeah. I, didn't I see you sweeping up one night when I was yes, driving by? Yes, there could be some sweeping. That, that definite signs of business <laughs> knows that you'll find yourself sweeping. Debbie Gilmore is with us, too. Debbie is the president of Mason Valley Beekeepers. Lovely community where Thank you live. You. Yarrington is the community. I always enjoy going to our meetings there, Debbie. Um, and the community seems to be growing. It is. I think just like everywhere else. Yeah, Property people, values have increased as well. Yeah, people are discovering Yarrington, too, with the new USA Parkway. A lot of people go yes. up there just to check it out and see a little bit about the high-tech world that's there. Uh, between Fernley and Reno, and it really is—it really is fun to see. It's fun to go to new places, and Yarrington is now. It's what about an hour? About an hour. Yeah, so it's about a nice drive, and the roads are, are are really good to get there. And I love driving through all the little towns. My favorite is still Wabuska. <laughs> I just like to say Wabuska. Wabuska, yeah. yeah. It's a nice word. Huh? It's a nice word. Yes. And not you, much there. Not much there, but it's mm -hmm. there's well, there's a little castle that I saw, a piece of real estate oh, yeah, that has. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that, Dan? Just south it's, of the no, but I have my uh, my mother growing up. Her mm. uh, her friend was Angie Tamangi, and she was from Wabuska. Oh my yeah, God! I gotta be together. Angie Tamangi. <laughs> Angie, if you're out there, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Basin Valley Beekeepers is what we're talking about too today. Got a big event coming up. The annual state convention is coming in. Debbie, that's coming up in 2019, around the corner. We're so close. It is. It comes around really fast. February 22nd, 23rd, 24th. And 24th. Three days of beekeeping fun. And, uh, you know, to me, uh, well, there's two things that go on in Yarrington, right? Two big, big events. One of them is Night in the Country. <laughs> big yes. event in the summer. Yes. Then the big event in the winter, the Nevada State, state Beekeepers Conference. Conference in beautiful Yarrington, Nevada. We're going to talk about that. Plus more on Nevada Real Estate Radio after this. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. Michelle Holbert. I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery. Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction Jackson. He's the best. Hi, this is Peter Padilla, your host here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm glad to be talking with industry experts today, like I do every week on our radio show, and talking with you about the great services that are available from Sage International. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva, and she's the wealth protection diva because for 25 years she's been helping people establish businesses and grow their companies by getting the right kind of establishment foundation in the kind of company that they incorporate or establish and their uh, entire operation many times depends on just one little detail. Sherry Hill, she is an author. I want you to read her book. It's called Incorporate and Get Rich and you'll learn about her talents and her expertise. If you would like a personal consultation and visit with Sherry Hill, you can schedule that anytime. Call 1-800-254-5779 and tell her Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, I have Dan Ryder. He is the broker and the owner at Nevada Home Connections. Hope you're doing well today, Good Dan. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And also with me, Debbie Gilmore. Debbie's the president of the Mason Valley Beekeepers. Debbie. Good morning. Tell us where Mason Valley is. So the Mason that Valley is, is Yarrington, basically. Mason Valley is the valley that Yarrington is in. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's, uh, let me think there, it's east of Topaz Lake. It is east of Topaz. And um, it's west of Fernley. So you're between Fernley and Topaz, aren't you? Yes, we are. Yeah. Smith Valley, uh, Mason Smith Valley, Valley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All really mm -hmm. nice. Must be uh, a reason that beekeepers, your, your family established the beekeeping area there. Is there something special about that area? That area's always been a, a huge agricultural area. Mm -hmm. And here in the recent years, um, onions have been big. Um, other row crops have been big. There's not near as much alfalfa as there used to be. Mm -hmm. 
So as far as bees and foraging and their ability to make honey, it's decreased over the years because of the crops that are being grown there that are not being pollinated or there's no nectar source for the bees. Hmm, hmm. Is there a, an effort, are you making an effort on a local ba area to make people aware of you know the importance of, of, you know, of having pollination crops or is that? There's so much in the news about all mm -hmm. of that and on the local basis, um, you know, I work with our beekeeping group mm -hmm. and we share seeds, we talk to our neighbors and our friends and people are doing educational events at schools, just raising the awareness and, you know, a lot of people know about the the um, colony collapse disorder and the, and the bees decline and mm -hmm. stuff. And so they're asking a lot of good questions and one of the things that we like to educate on is is building bee habitat, pollinator habitat. Because mm -hmm. it's not only the honeybees that are in, in peril, it's bumblebees, it's a lot of the native pollinators as well, so. It's so easy to do. Well, that's what my wife does. It is. She's an organic landscaping company, but she, she builds a pollinator garden virtually into every design she mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. We're finding, that's you know, awesome. for example, milkweed, you know, it actually works when you plant it. Mm -hmm. Monarch butterflies come to oh your yard. It's pretty amazing. Right? Although it it's is. not an easy plant to start. Really? Found, really? Is it really a weed or is it just called Well, it's weed? a weed. It's not an attractive plant. They're kind of spindly and they bend over and they get these weird pods on them. But for whatever reason. Once the butterfly the lights on, they look pretty well, good, I bet. <laughs> The, the bees in the wild, uh, and there are bees, honeybees in the wild, right? Absolutely. So what do they live on, I mean, when they're out in the desert, or are they in the desert? Maybe that, do they go to your backyard still? Do other backyards, is that where they're mainly getting their pollen, their nectar, or are they out getting it from uh, desert plants? Bees will go two to five miles from their hive or their tree trunk or wherever their nest may be. So. Mm. They will go in a two to five mile radius around that area. Mm -hmm. So um, they will tend to go to areas that they can um, get resources from. I see. So the, may, I would imagine the closer they are to resources, the more productivity they have, like anything else, right? That's factory. Right. A couple of years ago, my husband and I had a call that there was a semi that was taking a load of bees. Um, from somewhere to California for the pollinations, mm -hmm. and he was coming down. Um, it was outside of Mina, and he was coming down this road too quickly and around a turn, and he lost 400 oh, beehives oh, on this stretch. And so, you know, people were asking, so what are these bees going to do? Are they going to, you know, be wild bees out there? No. But it was, it's totally desert. There is nothing for them to survive out there. Mm -hmm. So they might live a, a short amount of time, but then all of those bees yeah. would be they lost. They food, like anything else, right? That's right. Mm. Food, water, and housing. Were they able to save some of those bees? Well, you know, you know, my husband and I thought that, you know, we're the do-gooders, and we were going to go out and see what we could do to save what bees we could. And, and they were scattered for like quarter of a mile or so oh. all around this ravine and it was like a, a needle in a haystack You've kind of situation. Yes, we have. That's so devastating. It is. Mm. Same they, thing. Well, you know what I found? They come in one night and they knock the hive around. It's the second night when they come back that they really do the damage. But they'll come knock everything over and run off. Oh my gosh. And they come back the second night when they're weak. Very uh -huh. devastating. Yeah. Oh my goodness, when we go to the events that the Mason Valley Beekeepers put on, and I believe, I, yes, I did see it last year at the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, there's a great presentation about how to keep bears away from honeybees or your beehives. Yes. And uh, I always find that really fascinating because uh, there's usually a video that shows a night maybe seen or how the dogs interact with the bears. And a lot of people think, well, we don't have bears in Reno, right? Oh, yeah, in town. We've got them. <laughs> and that's just it's, it. Well, I've had, I had them at my hives or hives we've had in people's yards three times now. Really? Three different yards. And like, are they like in the edge of One town? One right behind Roy Garm Elementary School. Oh, well, that's. There you go. Gosh. They're like Over out there. Hill Road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's not, it, that's a natural thing because this is part of the natural bear uh, territory. So unless you put up a, a big fence, and a lot of lights and dogs, I mean, they wander, they're looking for food. 
Some years they're worse. Drought years, Debbie, are they worse than the drought, or are they getting? Is it worse? Is it worse when there's a I lot of activity? I think um, drought water? years they tend to follow the rivers down, yeah. mm. and so that's why one year we had like seven bears in Mason Valley, and it was during the drought, and they were following the river down, and mm. so that they can find a food source more mm. down, you know, in populated areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cats, dogs. Beehives. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cornucopia. Garbage cans. <laughs> you know, if you have beehives, like anything else you have, it's like livestock and you have to protect it. There's always it something, look, something to eat, right? Everybody wants something to eat. A friend of mine moved to northern Nevada not long ago from Indiana, and uh, and I we talked about what we do. I said, I'm a beekeeper. She says, oh, you have bees, beehives too? I said, yes. And, and how about you? And she said, yeah, I have seven hives in Indiana with a, a friend, and we share them. And she said, uh, I said, well, how's it going? She says, well, we've had challenges. And off and on, she said, watch out for the turkeys, wild turkeys. I said, what are you talking about? She says, well, in Indiana, they have wild turkeys, and those turkeys will sneak up to the hive, and they'll park them, their big head right in front of the entry, and they off. pick them off one at a time, yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they think they're delicious. Oh, yeah, blue jays do that in my yard. The blue jays do that. No kidding. They eat that honey. There's also a kingbird. Well, early in the morning when they're a little sluggish. When they're fresh. You can see them up <laughs> <laughs> That a kingbird. They will King snatch them right out of the air. Really? You can see them on, sitting on fence posts, uh-huh. and they're watching those bees, and you see them fly and dive and catch those. Those poor girls are all loaded up with pollen, pollen or nectar, nectar. Or, or water. Even they're worse, sweet. they've got a pond, they come out of that right. pond, like, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so funny, the bee culture. I love it. It's, it's, it's like... Uh, it's kind of like learning a different language because we talk about so many different things, but interacting with the culture is what I find fascinating because um, it's so uh, it's so organized. I mean, you pretty well, you know, the bees work a certain way, and and they work that way in every beehive. The queen is in charge. That's right. Um, most people think Debbie that the queen is in charge to the extent that she tells everybody what to do. And, um, you know, well, that sounds like somebody I know I live with. Wait a minute, what am I saying? <laughs> she tells everybody what See, to do. I think it's the, I, I think, you know, I, I, in my opinion, the queen, we think of her as the boss, but she really doesn't make any decisions. The workers make them. They, they trick her into doing what they want. Is that what's happening? So she really that just thinks she's in charge. Yes. It's kind of like laying eggs. Mm-hmm. If it's a small cell, she'll lay a fertilized egg, which becomes a worker bee. Mm-hmm. A larger cell, she lays an unfertilized egg, mm-hmm. which and is a drone. Take over. Yeah. But it's the workers who determine the cell size. Wow. So who's really in charge? Guarding the hen house, if yeah. you will, right? Who's the workers really? decide when it's time to requeen. How about that? That's right. They prompt her, they will, uh, she'll lay eggs in, and again, a separate cell, and then they'll feed that egg royal uh-huh. jelly, uh-huh. which for whatever magical reason, creates the queen. They'll, they'll create maybe five, six, seven of them, and then the old queen leaves with half mm. the hive before mm-hmm. the new queen emerges. You know, I find all of the this these elements of beekeeping so fascinating. I find, too, that when kids are around, this seems to be one of the parts they like the best. Debbie, last year, the National Beekeepers Conference happened to be here in Reno, Nevada, and I had a chance to attend there. You were there. And there yes. was a great demonstration there. Do you remember when all those kids came into that room? Yes. Every year that um, organization organizes kids from local schools to come, and, mm-hmm. and they have a kid event. And they ask for volunteers, and that's why we were all there, was mm-hmm. to help at this event. And, you know, kids love the bees and, and all of that. So it was a great event. Yeah, we're going to talk about the event we've got coming up, which is the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Coming up in mid-February 2019, you're going to have to definitely attend it if you're interested at all in becoming a beekeeper. I attended the events that the Mason Valley Beekeepers put on for two years. Talked to great people like Dan Ryder, who's with us in the studio today, before I made the leap, if you say, into getting into beekeeping. And that's a great way to get started, get some knowledge, get some education, see if it's right for you. We're going to talk about that. And yes, real estate values in northern Nevada and more on Nevada Real Estate Radio. We'll be right back. 
SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat-repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. Call for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for joining me on our show today. We're talking about homes for sale, homes for buyers, uh, median home prices, what to do when you buy a home and, and living in northern Nevada. Beekeeping is one of those things. Meeting really interesting people in the beekeeping world. In fact, it seems like Nevada has some of the most interesting people that I've ever met. You know, one of the earliest persons, that uh, historical persons that came to Nevada was Samuel Clements and Mark Twain and the books and oh it's just fantastic the history that's here travel to Virginia City and you get more history and the people that I meet they absolutely love Northern Nevada one of the persons I met not long ago is a lady named Karen Gedney she's Dr. G and Dr. G wrote a book recently that I'm just in love with it's called 30 years behind bars and it's called 30 years behind bars because Dr. G actually spent 30 years behind bars not as a prisoner but as the prison doctor when you read this book you'll think you're watching a movie it is so captivating I think I read it in two nights you want to learn about 30 years behind bars and the great work that dr. Karen Gedney is doing visit her website discover drg.com and uh, you'll have a chance to find out more about her order the book it's available on Amazon in the studio with me today I have two other really interesting people. Dan Ryder from Nevada Home Connections. Dan, you've lived in Nevada for a while. Are you a lifelong resident? I'm a Reno native. You're a Reno native. Wow. And so when you were here, uh, there probably uh, wasn't quite the activity that's going on here as a little boy. When you look back, um, isn't it amazing, really, what has changed? Like, I mean, I've been here 18 years, and I'm amazed. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm kind of over the shock of that. I think my 30s and 40s, I felt like. Wow, mm-hmm. this place has changed so much, but now it's gone past a point. It's it's unrecognizable. The yeah. fields which I used to play are now shopping malls. It's the new Reno yeah. to a lot of people. It is. And Debbie Gilmore, you've lived in northern Nevada for a long time, too. I'm a native of Yarrington. Native of Yarrington. Yeah. Well, you're that girl that never got away, huh? Uh, no, I just went back. You went back. <laughs> I went back. Went away. I left for a while, too. Yeah. Hey, listen, you can go I visit all back. you want, but yeah. you're back in Yarrington. That's right. That's and right. your husband, Andy, I really like your husband. He's such a very cool, cool guy. You talk about he gentle is. giant. He's Dan number two in our world because <laughs> he is so cool. He's out. Uh, he can't join us today. I was hoping that he'd be here, but I understand that he's shopping for produce or shopping for meat for our next barbecue. He is. Yeah. He is. He was lucky enough to get a bull elk take this year, oh. so mm-hmm. he was very excited. Um, all of our boys went and joined him, and so oh, he's out there hunting his uh, elk. Yeah. Archery, too. Eastern Nevada. The archery, but archery. they're laying in a hole somewhere right now. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're covered Drinking in. Coffee. Oh, man, and they, I know what they smell like, too. Just yeah, like yeah, an elk. Yes. Just like yes. an elk. Hey, let's talk a little bit about real estate in northern Nevada. Dan okay. Ryder, our real estate expert, is here. Dan, the most recent information I got from the Association of Realtors is talking about a little bit of a decrease in uh, existing home sales. What do you think? Is that, you know, I mean, we are looking back from the July numbers because we're always looking backwards. What do you think about this decrease? You know, it's been, um, it's funny because, you know, of course, as as a real estate person, I'm around a lot of other real estate people. Yeah, well. And the mm -hmm. word on the street is, Mm -hmm. uh, wow, things are really slowing down. I think we peaked. (laughs) We hit the peak. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I don't know. There's certainly some headwinds. Uh, You know, we've got affordability problems. Uh, Financing, of course, interest rates are creeping up, you know, Mm -hmm. which every every little notch that takes up cuts Mm -hmm. out some buyer somewhere. Right. 
But that said, I, you know, I think the overall the health is really good. Um, yeah. it, traditionally, in Reno and Sparks, we see the medium price and, and the number of sales uh, decrease fairly dramatically after July. So, we, you know, this generally trend usually goes August, September, maybe into October. Mm -hmm. We will see those numbers drop, mm -hmm. uh, medium price number of sales. But, you know, honestly, the, a, lot, a lot of times we're dealing with the houses that didn't sell during the peak. Mm. You know, so mm -hmm. maybe they went up for sale in May, mm -hmm. uh, missed the parade, so to speak. So, you know, now they're starting to reduce their price. They don't want to be there in the winter. And then the buyers, the sense of urgency is gone in the market. So they tend to say, well, come on down. We're here yeah. when you're ready. Well, that sense of so urgency. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a natural flow in the yes. market that you're going to have a peak like we do in July and then have a little drop afterwards. And it's been that way in Reno and Sparks the last four consecutive years. If you've got kids in school and you're looking to buy a house, you're going to be moving in that well, main and I think that's another factor. You know, um, this trend that I'm discussing started in 2014. That's the same time they compressed our school year. Ah. You know, and it used to be three months long. Well, now, mm. gosh, it's I don't know, seven weeks or something. So this frenzy in house shopping has now kind of been compressed into a shorter period of time. So you're in and out around Reno real estate all the time, and it's not just looking at the prices and the charts. It's actually driving around the community. I know that you do a lot of driving. <laughs> yeah, selling you're, you're, selling property, you're selling right? property. You're yeah. giving tours, basically. <laughs> tours, the yeah. The Dan yeah. Ryder tours. And uh, so I know you know a lot about areas, but let me tell you, I've seen so much construction lately. It seems like there's activity all over the place. Um, talk about Midtown. So my understanding is they're going to be doing some some dramatic improvement. Well, they're sure tearing the street up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wish I were a little more acquainted with all the nuts and bolts of that. I do know there's a push uh, to make improvements and improve the walkability, and my understanding is that's part of that project. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been to a couple of events, you know, there on Virginia, kind of south of California, mm -hmm. that were super well attended. But, you know, it's hard to get her. It's kind of dangerous. I mean, it's still Virginia Street, right? It's, it kind of shocks me that, you know, hot August nights and the, the, the Harley, they all, they'll, they'll shut the streets down downtown. But I, maybe it's time to consider that Midtown area, you know, for those type of events. And I, I'm going to suggest that some of this construction will be set up to, to accommodate things like that. Well, that's nice. And parking is definitely an issue down in that part of the area, too, because... Uh, getting there is one thing, but being able to you know find a place that you can park and walk is another challenge. So I'm hopeful that there's going to be some improvement there. When things like that happen, uh, it does uh, change the flow of things. But you know, Dan, I was looking at uh, a place for my father-in-law to live there just a few months back, and although now the median home prices in the Reno area around four hundred thousand, the home prices there were even higher. I mean, things were really expensive around Midtown. A lot of desirability there, it seems like. Yeah, well, you know, I, there's this huge push uh, right now to get back to the city. Um, certainly the baby boomers, that's kind of traditional that they mm -hmm. would move from that suburban setting, you know, closer to the doctor and the hospital and so forth. Yep. But now you've got this added pressure in the millennial market, which is, this is a big, big and very strong uh, buying power group of people. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They want to be in town, too. They're, they're just not happy. Uh, typically with that suburban lifestyle so yeah you know, I talked to them and they're they're saying things like boy we'd like to get by with one car and we want to be able to walk to the grocery store mm -hmm. so you have these two generations really kind of looking for the same house and a lot yeah. of those are in midtown right yeah <laughs> you know people are still somewhat apprehensive when they look back in history and they look at activities and, uh, and we had a big you know essentially a real estate and mortgage crash here around 2012 uh, and so people are still somewhat hesitant that have a little seasoning in moving forward, especially as the values go up and then the demand goes up. Um, so I'm always looking to see if there's any trends going on in the country. I was in Sonoma County recently, and they're talking about things dropping there. Uh, 8% was the most recent information that I saw. Home, home sales, the volume had dropped in the last three months. And, uh, of course, they, had, they got hit by the wildfire, so that was a big impact there. But still, once I start to see things declining in a certain area, especially on the West Coast, I'm wondering if they're going to see, continue I know, to move I east. I know why it's declined in Sonoma County, because they're all moving to Washoe County. <laughs> <laughs> We're sucking the life out. But sit on Donner Pass. You know what? I cannot back. argue with that. We do have a lot they're, of people from California coming here. There's more to come, too. There's more to come. That's why I think, Debbie, when I say about uh, Yarrington growing, 
you know, it may not be growing in a lot of construction of new houses because you mentioned that there really isn't any of that activity. But I see more traffic. I see more people in the restaurants. I, and with the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, are you getting more people from out of town coming and discovering the Mason Valley, Smith Valley, everywhere from there to Fernley, Fallon, and Reno? I mean, it's all becoming a little closer, it seems like, with the new activities and the easy, easy, um, easy way to, commute, to easy uh, travel, right? Mm -hmm. It's just basic. Yes, with the USA Parkway that just went through, it's a quicker route actually mm. t from Reno area to Las Vegas. It is too, yes. And so that that traffic no has more increased. It's goodbye Fernley. You either had to go through Dayton or Fernley to get there. Yes. I think the advantage yeah. to Fernley is it's on Interstate 80. Uh -huh. Yeah, and they have some incredible things coming in Fernley. The mm -hmm. whole area, I'm telling you, is really dynamic. And the median home prices in Fernley, Dan, you know this, they're more than $100,000 less than they are in Reno, and although it's a little different lifestyle, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money difference if you're looking for a great deal on real estate, but when it comes to certain segments of the market, like the senior market or the elderly market, there are different complications. Dan, I knew, know you do a lot of work for people that have parents, elderly parents, and again, I, I want you to let our listeners know why it's important to have a great realtor when you have elderly parents. Well, I guess, uh you know, I really pride myself in, in kind of counting my wins based on how many people I help. Uh -huh. And uh, I've got numerous families now that I guess I would say I'm helping. And, and when I say help, it may be things like uh, coaching them through a family trust agreement. You know, because if you've got an aging parent, well, let's start there. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're not moving right this moment, how is this going to be as easy as possible? And, and a trust is essential yeah. you know, to that. Uh, certainly making accommodations to the home to make mm -hmm. it easier for the folks to be there. And then eventually, you know, helping them, you know, liquidate. And, and really that's the hardest part for all concerned. They, you know, to watch this house full of uh, belongings get mm -hmm. reduced mm -hmm. to eight cents on the dollar. And it happens every time. Well, not if the family will come and they'll get all the valuable stuff. Yeah. all the stuff you think is valuable, the keepsakes yeah. and the, you know, the collector dolls. It's it's hard. It is hard, and, and it's that's why I tell people emotional. let's start getting them this right now. Mm -hmm. Let's let's get the garage clean. I know you're not moving right now, but you know you really can't even park in that garage, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> How about Catholic charities? Huh? Let's give them a call. But uh, so I spend a lot of time kind of in that role. When you say uh, you know counseling people through that, Dan, you're That's a fantastic, a fantastic you know? person to know and to help people, especially our elderly community and many of us in my age group in the 50s and 60s. That's what we do. That's one of our specialties. Now we have to take care of our elderly parents and loved ones. Dan Ryder, he's the owner and broker at Nevada Home Connections. You can visit Dan by sending him an email. Dan at nv Dan at nvhomeconnections.com. And when you go to our podcast, all of Dan's information is going to be there. Ian's going to make sure to take care of it. Wait, Reach we're out being to podcaster? We will be podcasting. Talk to my agent about that. Talk to your agent? Okay. <laughs> make a note. We need to talk to Dan's agent. How about Debbie? Should we talk to your agent? Yeah, talk, talk to, to my agent, agent, too. too yes. <laughs> uh, well, I have a secret agent. <laughs> Debbie Gilmore was here and talking with us about good things happening in the beekeeping world. And the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. One more time, Debbie, let our listeners know. This is our ninth annual Nevada State Beekeepers Conference coming up February 22, 23, 24 of 2019. Yeah, it's gonna be so much fun. It's one of my favorite events of the year. I love staying in the charming town of Yarrington, enjoying some of the restaurants there and meeting the people and learning about beekeeping and it's a very relaxing time. So we're gonna be there and I'm encouraging all of our listeners to consider going this year too. All of the information can be found on your website. Yes, NevadaStateBeekeepers.com and uh, you can get the latest information, register online and all of that. Very good, we'll see you there. Thank you. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. My name is Peter, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. If you have questions for, or comments for us, send an email to me, peter at NevadaRealEstateRadio.com and we'll talk with you again next week. Goodbye everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. 
Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.